Hi, I'm Chris Lawless, and you're listening to Quick Link Podcast. Hello, and welcome to Quick Link Daily Cycling Podcast. I'm joined today by the Estonian national champion, uh, road race champion, Mika Reim. First question, Hello. how are you? I'm good, I'm good. I hope yes. you are also good. Yeah, yeah, I'm also good. Thank you. Is the weather in Estonia also as beautiful and warm as it is here in Germany? I wouldn't call it warm, but it's beautiful. So the winter has been really long. So I really wait when the good weather arrives. <laughs> ah, that sounds good. And uh, will you be staying in Estonia for a longer time for break training or is it just a quick trip to the family? Yeah, now it's a bit longer time because we're going to have Tour of Estonia with this uh, UCA 2.1 race and my team is coming to, to race that. So it's kind of a home race. And then after that, I can stay a bit longer for the next races as well. That sounds uh, great. So you have a bit of a hometown advantage. Yeah, yeah, I will uh, say like that, yes. Um, cycling in Estonia is not quite as big as in countries like France or Belgium. How did you yourself come to cycling? Uh, I think still cycling has has been actually quite popular, but the thing is just like uh, we have 1.3 million people and it will never be the same like uh, France or Belgium or something like that. But I think people know a lot of about it, so... But for me, I think it was like a natural bath because my dad was into cycling. So my uncles, all my uncles has, have been racing, but in different levels in amateur and maybe touch a little bit the continental status, some of them. But um, yeah, I mean, it still came more from my dad's side that he was uh, racing. He was young. He retired really early. And then he started to organize uh, local races and he created his amateur team. And uh, yeah, he uh, like he have a bike shop. So I basically I grew up in the bike shop. That's amazing. So it's really a family activity for you. Yeah. The only thing is that I would uh, pick, I should have picked up more mechanical skills when I was in the bike shop. So this is the pity that uh, I, I didn't do it when I was younger. So, <laughs> considering the considering the time I spent in there, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm I'm sure you're way way better than many of our listeners and myself included. So, but um, I actually didn't know that um, cycling was that big in Estonia. Um, how have you many local races and is road racing um, the the main um, preferred cycling there, or is it more like mountain biking or other uh, kinds of cycling? It's kind of going with the waves. I think the, we have really a lot of people who's, who are riding a bike as a, just as a healthy lifestyle and they are not maybe even making the races, but they just go like three, four times a week uh, to make some just training for the health. But uh, I would say now we don't have so many races anymore because uh, especially road races because the life gets... Um, how to say more expensive and to to close the roads and security and all the things like that so it has been problem in last years with the road races but we have uh, we have a lot of mountain bike races although 
it's good for the people to keep their health and for the masters, but to become a professional, I think it's not the best way how to, to treat the system. But, uh, and actually I, I know that I have seen the photos and videos from the nineties, uh, what happened in the nineties in Estonia. So this was really big time actually in cycling because then cycling was really top three sport uh, in Estonia and the criteriums in the peak, peak cities for Estonia, it was uh, full of people. And that was kind of amazing uh, views on the videos and the photos. So at the moment we don't have like this anymore. Wow. Uh That's really great to hear and sad to hear because it isn't here anymore. Um, do you know if your federation is aiming to make it come back a bit? Or is it uh, it's really hard. I mean, because, you know, the, the people, the young people, they have so many life, uh, life opportunities now because in the 90s, the only thing to get out of the country or the city was to start being athlete and you can travel. But now if you want to travel, you find the 20 euros from your pocket and you fly to Rome or somewhere. So with the Ryanair or Visser, so it's life is so, so much changed now. But uh, I hope the Federation tries to do something for the road race, because I think still, if we look how many pros we had and they were mainly on the road only. So I think uh, it's hard to go from the mountain bike to the road pro. So there should should be more uh, road races for sure. Mm -hmm. um, when we spoke last at the Eschborn Frankfurt, you told me that you aimed to be part of the Giro team for Burgos Bears. Um, for Vuelta team. For Vuelta, yes. Uh, Vuelta, uh, sorry, yeah, Giro yeah. is going yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Vuelta team, yeah. Um, yeah, for our listeners, um, Burgos got a wildcard invitation for this race. So um, how it's going with that plan? Uh, honestly, I don't think about it too much because in the end, it's the team decision. How and if it's yes for me or no, I I still uh, accept the team uh, team decision. Uh, but what the thing what I can do is just to perform good in the upcoming races and prove them that I am worth of this spot. And if it doesn't work out, there is still some other races and good races where I can race. But I don't put so much pressure at the moment of it. And coming to races, you participated in the Katarzyn Dunkirk and um, there was a big crash during a sprint finally. Uh, I wanted to ask, after such a crash, how is it going back up on the bike? Are you... Do you have it in your mind that crash happened? Is it inhibiting you in some way or kind? Or are you, are you going again just like the other day? Uh, it depends also on the crashes and how it happens. But that was, uh, yeah, it wasn't not normal crash because normally the crashes happen maybe 400 to go or 300 to go. But this happened really 100 meters from the line. But Uh, actually I wasn't so big victim in there because I saw there was a crash I already stopped and I stopped on the line I unclipped my feet and then uh, some guy from behind came uh, full gas into me so I crashed after the line and um, yeah I didn't really understand what happened 
because for me, I, I already thought I'm safe. But uh, after this, it was quite easy to. It didn't mean mean much for me because yeah, I didn't crash during riding. <laughs> if I would have crashed. Uh, with the others before the uh, finish line, then for sure you will think about it a bit. And um, what are your personal strategies to um, deal with this? Do you have a have some kind of plan or ritual, or you do something after such a thing where was such a crash is in your mind? Uh, yeah, you can't really think about it. I mean, if you start to think about it, then for sure you can't concentrate for the sprint i mean it's it's dangerous for sure but if you start to think uh, like uh, what can happen now and uh, what can happen in five seconds then you can't sprint full gas anymore so yeah you just have to switch it off of course you need to have some some uh, safety regulations in your head but uh, yeah you just have to be yourself i think there so just go get on the bike and try again Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. Then a uh, different topic. Um, it's for, for, for reader a bit weird and a bit funny and a bit crazy reading this because I personally can't imagine how that happened. But uh, I've read an article uh, about a story where you were asked what jersey you were wearing, you were wearing. and for our, for our listeners, um, Mikael is the national road race champion. So he wears his road race <laughs> champion shirt. And I imagine such a thing would never happen to any other road race champion. And uh, yeah, it's crazy to imagine, but have you, do you have to deal with something like this often? Uh, that was, it never happened to me until this year. And this year happened already two times. Two so, times? Yeah, I don't know if it's bad luck or the commissars what, who UCI have are not so well educated or I honestly don't know the don't know the reason because first time when they asked me in Portugal I was thinking they are joking with me and I answered them really like sarcastic because for me it was funny and then they get really pissed off of that because they thought uh, that I'm some uh, some idiot but uh, then I told them that please you should be you should be able to know the jerseys and also if you have the start list, you you know who's going to race here. And if you think a little bit like why then, then to to have a question like that, it's, it's even more funny because in cycling, uh, in road cycling, we can't have individual racers. So if they were thinking that I'm racing alone in my team or so it doesn't make any sense. And the second time happened in... Uh, in Turkey and I was then I started to be a little bit angry because in Turkey it's a very high level race and uh, I expected like yeah the commissars who are there and the organization who are there or they they know what's going on in pro peloton but then I have to say it hurt a little bit the feelings because if you are wearing a champion jersey, it should be like a nice thing and you, everybody will see that and you're like well noticed. But in that moment, it was like, uh, they, they asked me like, you aren't going to race with this jersey, okay? And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> so uh, at the moment, it's funny, but uh, yeah, I think uh, 
some some people haven't done their work. I will be I'll be quite honest. I, I I also first thought it was a joke when I read this because it sounds so absurd. For example, yeah, yeah. every fan who is a bit of a fan would would recognize this jersey. Exactly, exactly, and it's. Uh... Yeah, if you also if you're not educated in cycling, but you're educated in geographics or normal life, you will understand that it might be a flag, really. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, for our listeners, if you haven't seen um, Mika's jersey, um, I personally find it's one of the prettiest national road race champion jerseys, and uh, it's very obvious that it's a flag. So maybe even if you don't know the Estonian flag. You, you could recognize it as a flag, but also it's very obvious it's the Estonian flag if you know the Estonian flag. So, yes, a bit absurd. Yeah, exactly. Um, yes, then your season so far, how would you look back at this this year? Uh, it has been really hard for me. I mean, uh, I expected to make this, how to say, like comeback in the pro level way easier. But it seems that the one year in the lower level and also my my winter in 2020 was quite hectic because I was in, uh, under a lot of stress without the contract. And it uh, really affected my performances even this year. So now, like, in the half season almost I start to feel like I I'm almost back but uh, yeah it, it has been quite rough I mean I had some several health problems issues also but uh, there has been also bad luck and like uh, it hasn't been so easy so I, I was struggling a lot actually how stark would you define the difference between World Tour races and um, Pro Conti races? Well, if it's if there is only World Tour teams, like 90% or 95%, then this is insane what is the level. This is something like uh, what brings you back to the reality, honestly. I remember my first um, really World Tour race in Belgium, it was like 2018 or something in, uh, I think it was Kent Evelgem. And I was basically dropped on the flat because uh, the level change was so, so big. So, yeah. And now also you can feel it in the races. If there is like one or two World Tour teams in the race, then it's uh, manageable. But if it's like three to seven, then you feel like it's the next level. And if there is like uh, 10 or more teams, then there's another step. So it's really, it's really big steps. And uh, I have to say, compared some years ago, the peloton is stronger and faster for sure. Do you have a personal favorite race? Uh, yeah, I have some, some races. Like I, maybe I haven't been good in that, but uh, I really love like the Tropero Leon what we had uh, in the last weekend. It's a really fun race, and similar race um, they have in uh, Belgium. Previously, it was called Charles Cells, but I think now it's Antwerp Port Epic. There is like 200 kilometers, and uh, 
uh, it's covered with 30 k's with gravel and 30 k's with uh, cobblestones. So those uh, those races are like for sure top of the list. But there's also some other races I love, like uh, Rundum Köln is uh, the race I really like actually. So yeah. Are you going? I have looked at the start list yesterday and my brain uh, doesn't remember anything. Are you going to be there this year? Is Burgos there this year? No, no, no. 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 All right, all right, good. Then my brain hasn't failed me completely. Um, what is interesting about Rundum Köln? I, I have to ask, I must admit it's quite funny because, um, I mean, it's a German, it's a traditional German race, but it's not that big. And um Sometimes we get uh, famous pros to this race, but it's one of the smaller races. So what's appealing about that to you? Uh, I think it's, it's the race where it's like... Um, well, obviously, why I li like that is because I was second one time. So I had really good memories from that. Oh. But uh, the main thing is that I have done it two times. And one time I made a result. The other day I was really bad. So, but it still stays in my heart in, in the good place, the race. Of course. But, of uh, course. but the race uh, itself, it's like, it can be really big fine sprint. But in the other hand, it can explode really early of the race and it could be the race for the breakaway. So I kind of like this, uh, this open races or where you can't predict really how's the tactic going to be for the teams. So a bit of uncertainty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I would assume it's the same in Trobo Leon due to the yeah, ground? yeah, exactly. Yeah, more or less, you you know what's gonna happen, but uh, in each year, it's the how to say the last eighty k's. It starts the new race and it's the new game. Would you uh, consider in a few years um, doing gravel races? Some pros have started doing them alongside each other, but I suppose it's not really a possibility with Volgos at the moment. But um, other pros have decided that after their career at, in road racing, they want to do the gravel races in the in the US. Yeah, I have thought about it, but I haven't really... I mean, the gravel is fun, but on the other hand, I'm not sure if it stays fun when I start to race gravel, like as a professional i mean uh, last year we had uh, one gravel race it was the first gravel race for me in my life it was held um, in estonia and it was uh, more than 300 kilometers long and it was uh, actually my friend was the main organizer and it was the island where i'm from so it was basically the loop for the island and in one day we had three stages and uh, this was like uh, uh many things in one it was a gravel race it was uh, fun for me uh, i had the good feelings and i really enjoyed that day but i'm not sure i think maybe the gravel should stay fun in my mind because if you start to be professional gravel rider then you still have a lot of stress probably you have to uh, train a lot so maybe I don't put the idea in the garbage, but uh, I will think it should be more like fun and the place where I can chill out with my friends and and uh, I maybe make some bikepacking or something like this. 
Well, thank you. I must admit that have been all my questions and many more. Um, and okay. It's lovely chatting with you. Um, yeah, yeah, it was really yeah. nice. Do you, do you have something you want to say or anything? Uh, I'm not sure. I think uh, I don't have much to add. It was a pleasure to be in the in there. Yeah, it, it was a pleasure interviewing you. So, yeah, I thought maybe you had some topic I didn't think about. Um, you wanted to chat or something. We could do that and cut the middle part where we're now talking out. But if you say all is right, then all is right. No, it seems, seems, seems okay, I think. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I must admit, it's really funny. I When I met you at Eschmann Frankfurt, it was my first in-person interview. And I was really mm -hmm. nervous. And you were so kind. Thank you for that. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you're actually my first interview uh, over the laptop, completely alone as well. So uh, no, that okay. Was, that was oh, it's a big achievement. <laughs> yes, yes. And I was quite a bit nervous as well at this, and you were really kind uh, again. So thank you very much. No problem. So it was uh, nice to be in the broadcast again. <laughs> I have one last question. Um, yeah. In our podcast, we have um, like an intro. Um, in the radio, where we are, uh, where some writer says, um, I am, and then the name for a example, I am Mika Reim, and you are listening mm -hmm. to Quicklink podcast. Would you say that? Yes, of course. I am Michael Reim, and you're listening to Quicklink podcast. Thank you very much. Awesome talking you're to welcome. you. You're welcome. Yeah, you too. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, and good luck with the next races and with the training, and have a fun time in Estonia. Yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you. It was great hearing yeah. about Estonian cycling culture. I didn't know anything about that. Yeah, no, it uh, it was really big in yeah in the back in the days, and now it's also big, but in a different way. So, it but it's really interesting. In Germany, we have the same problems with the roads closing and safety measures. So many. Yeah, really... it's uh, so expensive that yes, to make the road yeah. races and. Uh, The thing is that uh, if you don't have any special roads for cycling or like closed uh, laps, so it's hard to make. But for example, in next weekend, uh, we have Tour of Estonia and on Sunday we have uh, the most important Grand Fondo in Estonia and um, it was cancelled last two years. So I expect they will make some records for the for the that's participants so oh, that's great yeah I'm, I'm wondering how many people will come so I think it's gonna be like I, I could say like 4,000 or maybe more. Oh, that would, that would be amazing. Yeah. yeah. May, may I ask how, how known you are in Germany? For example, German cyclists, even who are, I suppose, are quite well known, like, I don't know, Leonard Kemner, mm -hmm. they, they wouldn't really get recognized on the street, not by most people, maybe by, by cyclists, but not by most people. Is it different for you in Estonia? Not really. I I think if I go some supermarket or somewhere like what is not related with the sport or it's cycling, then I'm really free to walk. And because I honestly, I, I wouldn't like it either to get recognized. I mean, sometimes I just go some places and if I'm treated like I love to say a normal person or just a customer, I kind of love it because uh, I'm, I'm just like the others. So I don't know to go in the gym, uh, in the sauna, in the gym. Uh, nobody knows me in there. So we are like uh, just two equal guys who are in sauna. So it's not like uh, they want to speak of cycling. So so it's it's good. 
Yeah, it sounds not, it must be must be a bit scary to be recognized everywhere, like like about fan artists in. Uh, in yeah, I think the uh, they yeah they will crazy. They will suffer for that for sure. Yeah, it was lovely speaking to you. Thank you very much. Yes, again. you do. You're welcome. And I wish you a nice day. Yeah, thank you. You too. Ciao. Bye. You've been listening to Quicklink Podcast, your daily microdose of pro cycling news and results. You can find us across social media at Quicklink Pod, or you can contact us by emailing show at quicklinksports.com. Share the show and we'll be back with you tomorrow. Bye now. <laughs>